Eagles Vikings preview Monday Night Football. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thanks so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day, every single day. If you would like to continue reliving the Vikings beatdown of the Packers, you want to savor that for the last couple days before we got another game going, you can do that at patreon.com slash NFL. I got three separate film breakdowns. I got a Justin Jefferson one. I got one about Jordan Hicks and the run defense. And I got one that's kind of miscellaneous. It's got Kirk Cousins checkdowns in there. Like, why did he check down? Should he have gone deeper? That kind of thing. Um, as well as some coverage busts and some other like miscellaneous stuff that I thought really typified the game. You can find all that stuff at patreon.com slash NFL. And if you join, you can watch it all now. Otherwise, you got to wait till later in the weekend to watch that third one. But the first two are open and available to everybody. So let's talk about Vikings Eagles. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what to make of this game. <laughs> it's it's I've struggled a ton. I t- talked about it on uh, yesterday's crossover Thursday with uh, Gino at Locked On Eagles. I talked about it on a bunch of other Eagles shows, just kind of making the rounds of the week. Like, I don't know what to make of these Eagles because they were supposed to look better than this on defense. On offense, you get A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. Awesome. They've got a running back committee they feel pretty good about. A killer offensive line. Hey, if Jalen Hurts takes even a little step forward, they should be formidable. They put up 38. That tracks. They give up 35 and in like unclutch situations too. Like they had a 30, I think 31 to 14 lead in that game and they let Jared Goff come back on him. What's the deal with that? And a lot of it was run defense. A lot of it was kind of getting caught in passing personnel um, and then getting their passing personnel run on, which might be a weakness. If you can come out and you want to live in 11 or even 10 personnel um, or like a one personnel where you've got four wide receivers out and one running back or one tight end, then you can kind of force them into their smaller, slimmer package. Get Jordan Davis off the field. That's a great way to protect him. <laughs> protect Garrett Bradbury from Jordan Davis. Get him off the field. Go into a personnel package where having Jordan Davis on the field is irresponsible, right? Um, and see if you can't run against that. But just looking at their roster top to bottom, especially on defense. I mean, the defensive line seemed pretty formidable. Their secondary looks dope. I mean, Darius Slay, James Bradbury. Um, they've got Marcus Epps, which is an interesting case. Of course, sixth round rookie from a few years ago that the Vikings cut. It's been a starter in Philly for a while now. Um, and of course, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson gets traded over there. On the other side, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. It, like, it's a really stacked roster to be in the fight of their lives against Detroit's a little weird. No, week one, right? Maybe they are just really good and they're just taking some time to get things up uh, going. But what I seemed to notice was that when game situation forced the Eagles to kind of play in a more speedy game, the Lions ran on that really well. And the Lions ran really, they're going to be a good rushing team. And that's like part of their game. 
Um, and so they they ran on that like explosively to the point where it actually got them back into the game. So maybe you can replicate that. Maybe you can go into this game intending to keep things small and spread out and run a whole bunch of inside zone out of shotgun or outside zone out of shotgun and hope that, you know, Dalvin Cook can find lanes and put up like 200 this game, right? Like that that would be the the super coolest way to win this game. Um, but it's like, I don't know if that's really the Eagles or if that was just a weird game situation fluke. What if you're not down 21 points? How do you like prevent like you don't want to get down 21 points on purpose? And so I think slowing down AJ Brown and Devonta Smith and, and Jalen Hurts especially is going to be the key to this, of course. Keeping that passing game under wraps. And look, a lot of real clutch moments, a lot of third down kind of do or die situations in that game against the Lions were converted by Jalen Hurts and his legs. And so there's a few things you can kind of do to prevent that from killing you. Part of it is what coverage you decide to live in and manning up all day long is going to get you killed more by mobile quarterbacks because you are not going to have defenders with their eyes on the quarterback. Zone match has defenders a lot of times flipping their hips square to the line of scrimmage and strafing, looking at the line of scrimmage and looking at what's going to happen. So you can still rally to those ball carriers. And the idea is like, maybe not, Hey, we're going to make it. So he just can't escape the pocket. It's if he does, we're going to tackle him. We're going to get to him. And we're not going to let this become a 20 yard game. That's part of it. But the other part of it is how you, uh, design your rush angles and your pass rushes. This is the really interesting question that I have about this game. Will the Vikings blitz? The Vikings did not blitz much at all against the Green Bay Packers. And that worked. They got pressure with four. They used a lot of games. They confused protections. They, crucially, they set up one-on-ones with backups that the the Packers had in, or like their right guard. I don't think they're just very happy with that guy. Um, and they had, you know, they got a sack of just Zedaria Smith one-on-one with a right guard and he won. Now, talking to Geno yesterday, they don't really have a guy that that you like set up an attack like that. But maybe you could, I mean, they've got Jason Kelsey, right? And Jason Kelsey is what if Bradbury was good? Um, can you, you know, bull rush against him and maybe use a size advantage against him? And even, you know, as good as he is, try to push him back, push the pocket a little bit, push some of those angles, ruin the, the flat pass set depths, and or, you know, can you try to pin him and and stunt around him? What kind of games will they call? Or do you bite the bullet and say, all right, well, we are a little bit worried about this, especially if you get caught stunting wrong. Like if you loop too far around and you leave a lane for Jalen Hurts to escape, he can kill you. You might remember, go all the way back to the first preseason game we played this year against Vegas. Uh, I believe it was Nick Mullins. Might have been Jarrett Stidham. <laughs> scored a rushing touchdown against the Vikings because I think it was Patrick Jones looped one gap too far and left a huge lane for the quarterback to just waltz right into the end zone. That kind of thing can happen to you in the red zone. So you have to be very tight about that. And are these loops and games and and stunts and twists or whatever words you want to use, are those the best idea? Or do you bite the bullet and say, whatever, we'll just send an extra guy and we'll just cover with six. And that's going to be how we live now. Three up, three down. Um, if you want to do that, sure, but now you've got all these receivers to contend with and you know, pick your poison a little bit. I think 
the move is probably to try it with four. Come with some blitzes installed. Have it in your pocket, but come try it with four. I would install some blitzes, and if you don't have to use them all day, that's a good thing. But try it with four. See if you can't get some one-on-one. See if you can't get some guys home. See if you can't get Daniel Hunter on a center um, and with no help. And see if you can't get him home and get him on Jalen Hurts and get Jalen Hurts to start running around. The thing I noticed about Hurts is he is still, and I'm not the only person to say this, he is still a little bit too quick to pull it and just start scrambling, right? Um, A little bit too quick to bail on pocket. So if you can get in his head a little bit and get him to start running around, I think that's going to be like the key to this game, if I were to say the keys to this game. But there's a whole bunch more. Uh, in the predictions realm to go through. We're going to talk a little bit about Grambling. We're going to talk about your predictions, your boldest, your spiciest, your craziest predictions. That's my favorite segment of the week. I love the little predictions. Uh, but first things first, let me talk to you about Turo. Turo is a an online car sharing marketplace. It's the world's largest car sharing marketplace. You can book any car you want wherever you want it. You can get Anything from a spacious SUV, a luxury car, something more affordable if you're on a budget. And Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance if that's something you're worried about. And terms and conditions and exclusions apply. So ditch the boring rental car game and instead find your drive at Turo.com. You think I'm ready to gramble? You betcha. It is you betcha. It's our grambling segment, our Friday. Let's talk a little bit about some prop bets. A lot of the books don't have prop bets up by the time I do this, so I'm going to kind of do what I can find. But if you want to bet it, you can go to Bet Online. More on them in a moment. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about some some props. So the Bet Online line for this game, as I'm looking at it right now, is uh, Eagles minus two. So that implies that on a neutral field, the Vikings would be favored by one, which I think is an overcorrection. Uh, to both of those games, week one can be weird and betting markets do tend to overcorrect, but they give the Eagles three points for home field. And I think that that's fair. Uh, and I do think that this is about a fair line over under right now is 50 and a half. So that implies that Vegas thinks this game, if Vegas were to do a score prediction, it would be 27, 24 Eagles and all the shows I've been doing. I've been like going with that. Uh, but I don't I have no idea what happens in this game because I could see this game with the way that these teams rush defenses especially have worked. I can see this game being the kind of game where somebody gets ahead for two scores and then if they get the ball two scores, you can run nine minutes off the clock and change everything. Um, That's what this game feels like to me. So for this, I'm sort of feeling an under and I feel like the market sort of trended that way. It's this game opened at 52 and a half. Uh, over under and it is uh, sank by, by two points and I think that's part of it is just people kind of saying I don't know Jalen Hurts Kirk Cousins do they really score that much and just kind of not believing in the quarterbacks whatever but part of it too is I, I really think that if you can get to a point I mean these are volatile teams too these are mistake prone teams um, you know the Vikings are chaos <laughs> and so are the Eagles these are chaotic teams Um and you can see a point where, hey, you know, you're down three and driving, you throw a pick six, suddenly you're down 10, and then you punt, and oh, wow, there's a really bad sequence, and suddenly the other team gets to run, you know, nine minutes off the clock, and oh my God, suddenly we're down two scores, and it's the middle of the fourth quarter, how had this happen? Um, and so I think 
unless this game is tight and it's a shootout and it's, you know, just trading scores and trading blows, unless this game stays within a score the whole time, I can see it sort of grinding to a halt at the end, whether that's the Vikings leading and Dalvin Cook takes this home or the Eagles leading and, you know, we do like light box stuff and guys get getting washed out and we can't stop the run and we get really frustrated. I can see both of those things happen happening. I could see it never coming up because it's a one score game the entire time. And it's this like crazy back and forth affair. I could see something elsewhere. I could see it with one team winning by 21. I could see the other team winning by 21. I really think anything can happen. And a lot of people are looking at this game as like a litmus test. But if I were to try to make a bet on this game, I do think that line is pretty good. I probably, I don't like betting that, that, uh, Eagles minus two line that feels pretty good. Um, but I would probably go under 50 because I could see this being a game where it's, you know, 24, 14 and somebody start goes into clock chew mode and has way too much success for there to be a cover on the over under. That's one bet. A couple other props um, that I was able to find around. I think a lot of books are going to have you check this on bet online when they have it. Uh, Justin Jefferson over under half a touchdown half a receiving touchdown. I'd be slamming that over. I think he'll find his way into the end zone one way or another. Um, that seems like a, a pretty good one or an anytime touchdown. The one I'm looking at has that at minus uh, 125. So something like that. So if you have a, a Justin Jeff- Jefferson anytime touchdown at minus 125 feels pretty good to me. It just seems like the way the Vikings play this. Justin Jefferson is still such a focal point of the offense that even if the Eagles sell out, eventually you're going to get him in the low red zone on a stupid motion. Like the, the first touchdown, the Vikings scored against the Packers. Um, eventually you're going to get some dumb concept like that. Also right now, uh, there's Kirk cousins over under two sixty nine point five pass yards. Um, that feels like I could actually take an under because of the running game stuff that I talked about earlier. Unless this stays a one-score game forever, then I think he hits the over. But if one of these teams can get a lead and start to kill clock, you lose a lot of passing opportunities, and this could end up being a lower pass game um, kind of affair. And plus, with the Eagles, running might be a good idea, especially if you can spread them out and get their smaller personnel on the field, run against that, you're not going to get Kirk Cousins' passing yard. So I think from a volume opportunity, and when we're talking volume stats, we're talking opportunity a lot more than we're talking talent here. Um, that might not even be a bad game, right? The game where he throws for 200 yards and you're ahead by two scores the whole time and Dalvin Cook gets 30 carries. That's a pretty good game. You take that, right? Um, And I could see that kind of thing happening. I could also see this being the kind of game where, oh man, you know, Darius Slay on one side, James Bradbury on the other. The safeties play well. They cover it all well. And Cousins is just, has one of those like super uh, ice cold turtle games. Oh no, you know, like that, kind of thing can totally happen and if you believe in the monday night curse you can go for that too i personally don't really care about it um those are a couple of prop bets that i don't hate um that is all of course subject to a lot of change so those lines might have changed check them on bet online if you're going to gramble on it you can find that and so much more at betonline.net you can bet on of course all of the games over sunday i certainly have bet on a few to keep uh my interest peaked for non-Vikings games, I always like to do that when I'm watching Red Zone, have a couple bets going. You can bet on any NFL game. You can even go way out in the future, bet on week six. I don't know why you do that, but you could. 
You can bet on WNBA finals going on. You can bet on uh, MLB playoffs coming up for that soon. You can bet on MMA or golf or tennis or anything. Find all of that player props like I've gone over. You can do uh, live bets right in the middle. I actually had a chance to bet over under on 300 yards for Justin Herbert in the middle of the Thursday night game. Uh, and he got 325 and booyah. Great stuff. Once again, betonline.net. You can find it all there where the game starts. Are you ready to get pulled? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you are you going to get pulled? Are you ready? Are you ready to get pulled? Because it's time to get pulled. It's time for the bold prediction segment. It's honestly my favorite segment of the week because I ask you all for your bold predictions. And I think it's your favorite section uh, segment of the week, too, because I got over 100 responses to the tweet that I put out for bold predictions. You guys are maniacs. I love you. Um, here's the thing about bold predictions. For one, we go over the ones from last week, see if any of them hit. Uh, and then we'll go over some for this week. Some advice. If you want to stand out, you want to get picked, because I only care about the ones that I wrote down. Um, a, it's got to be bold enough. I saw people saying stuff like Kirk Cousins over 200 yards. What, what are you doing? Like, that's a prop bet. That's not a bold prediction. Um, it's got to be creative. Don't give me a parlay of some stat lines. Give me something that's fun that we can have a good time with. And you got to straddle that line when you talk about how bold, straddle that line between possible and plausible. You want something that you could see happening, but you would never predict that it happens. That's a bold prediction, all right? And I got some great examples here, but let's go to last week's. The first one came from Mossatron, who said that the Vikings would get a safety via holding called in the end zone on Green Bay. I love the gumption. I love the attitude. That's exactly the kind of thing we're going for. Didn't hit. Probably never will. Um, Omar said Jonathan Bullard would have himself a day, like clearly the best defender on the field on Sunday. Um, that, that did not happen. He, I thought he was solid. Um, he didn't come on for a ton of plays. He's also playing hurt. Um, oh, I should probably do the injury report, by the way. Jonathan Bullard, full participant. Lewis seen full participant and says that he's going to come back. Um, Andrew Booth, DNP with a quad. That might take a little bit, and that's okay, uh, because he's a special teamer right now anyways. He's very much not ready to play. So... The thing is, Ross Blacklock might have outplayed Jonathan Bullard, but also might not have the versatility to like be the base down guy. He was kind of a third down pass rusher, showed a little juice. He only got like 10 snaps. Uh, Grill said that Kirk Cousins says the F-bomb again. I said that for this, I needed to hear A, a hot mic, and like the kind of thing like the announcers would have to apologize for. So Kirk Cousins very well could have said an F-bomb, but we certainly didn't hear it. Um, Justin Jefferson was mic'd up in this game and there were some conversations with Kirk opportunity for that too, but no dice, um, no F bombs for Kirk that I was aware of. If you find any clips, send them to me. Eric, the red said, Greg Joseph wins the game by breaking the franchise record for longest field goal. Okay. We got close. So I, I picked this one because it was the boldest version of this. A lot of people said some version of Greg Joseph breaks the record for field goal. The record is 56, and Greg Joseph made a 56. So it would have had to be 57 for Greg Joseph to do it. So he was a yard off of that. Also, it wasn't a game winner, so this wouldn't have hit either way, but some other iterations of it might. We were close. I give you this in spirit, all right? A 56-yard field goal that like you 80% called. You can give yourself a pat on the back for that, but we're not going to party. Uh, Zachary Hayes said that JJ would catch, throw, and run in a touchdown. In spirit, this was the JJ game. That would have been the Justin Jefferson game. This was the Justin Jefferson game, so in spirit, you got it. 
but that's not a bold thing in spirit to say that Justin Jefferson would be the best player on the field. If he's Justin Jefferson, I'm like, yeah, that's what he does. Uh, he did catch one. So you got one out of three. Ruben Frost was the last one. He said, CJ Ham silences the haters and outproduces all Packers skill positions with over 100 total yards. Maybe the Packers heard that and were afraid of it because they double covered him once. And it was not the only time they double covered a check down. Their head was spinning. It was amazing. Uh, let's move on to this week's. So again, you can send these to me. You can DM them to me, but the best chance of me seeing it is if you respond to the thread on Twitter when I put it out. I'll ask for bold predictions. I use a lot of fire emojis. You can't miss it. Um, at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter. First one comes from Peter, who actually did DM me. He said, the dark Kirk rises. Kirk is involved in a scrap. A whole bunch of people said that Jalen Regor will be uh, involved in a scrap because he said like revenge on the mind or something like that. This is way bolder and it would be way funnier. So I was always going to pick the person who said that Kirk is involved in a, in a scrap. Also, um, involved in is pretty vague. It can be a, a scrap that like Jalen Rager starts. Somebody else said like Jalen Rager is at the center of a scrap was one of theirs, which I was going to go for till somebody said Kirk. Um, but I'll give it to you if 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 you parlay this and if Jalen Rager starts the scrap and Kirk Cousins gets involved in it or somebody else starts it and Kirk Cousins gets involved in it, I will give this to you, Peter. Next one comes from Tyler Fornes. I decided I'd only pick one Jalen Rager one, and it's this one. It's that Jalen Rager will have more punt return yards than the Eagles have points. I like this system a lot. Um, Rager gets somewhere around 20-ish a game uh, at the high end. He more often, like if, if the Vikings hold the Eagles under 20, I'd be pretty surprised. And honestly, so would Vegas. Um, so if, if Rager has more punt return yards, but there's like a backdoor way to do it where he gets, you know, like a big 70 yard touchdown or something like that. Um, so there's backyard ways to do this, but I do think it's pretty bold. And I think the, uh, punt jammers had a pretty bad game against green Bay um, they had a good punter. There was a lot of hang time and stuff, but the punt jammers were not able to prevent any uh, punts from being like contested. There was one returned punt and he shouldn't have returned it. The rest of them were fair catches and the one that wasn't should have been. So going to be hard to get punt return yards on this one. It is sufficiently bold, but I also just, that would be a, a real fantastic stat. Um, and it's very positive. Love it. Speaking of purple Kool-Aid, <laughs> said that the Vikings offense will have more yards than the sum of all Eagles defensive starters combined. I assume you mean Jersey numbers because you said that the number was 515 on their three, four. I looked this up. I looked up our lads and I'm just going to go with our lads on the official, which is 544. So I'm going to make this a little bolder on you, but more than 544 yards is pretty bold. More than 515 is pretty bold as well. So make it just a scotch bolder on you and go with the the our lads listing of what a starter is and that is 544 is the difference for Eagles defensive starter jersey numbers added i love how nonsense that is and that it actually came into a saliently bold prediction that's how you do it all right i want people to take note sans said we got a non vikings fan in here but sans friend of the show says that Brian O'Neill will gritty after a receiving touchdown. Now, I'm pretty sure that Sands meant a Brian O'Neill receiving touchdown, which is predicted in just about every bold prediction segment. We'll say, um, Brian O'Neill, trick play, this is the week. But, and here's, and I don't think he's going to because they probably would have done something. They, they probably would have approached things differently. So I don't know if this ever happens, which disappoints me greatly. But 
You just said after a receiving t- touchdown. So if we get a little shovel pass touchdown to KJ Osborne, he runs it in and then you give it to Brian O'Neill and he spikes it and he gritties. I'm giving this to you. It can be any receiving touchdown followed by a Brian O'Neill end zone gritty. I'll say it has to be like end zone. I'll give this to you. Justin said that Alexander Madison outrushes Jalen Hurts. I deeply love this one. (laughs) So in games where Madison is not the starter, he averages like 15 yards a game. Um, So if Dalvin Cook gets injured in the middle of this game, that would kind of be the only way for you to have like a reasonable chance at it, which makes it pretty bold. Um, Or if Jalen Hurts is just totally contained and they just get no rushing yards and Alexander Madison gets 10 and that's enough would also be a pretty bold outcome. So I love the boldness of this. Alexander Madison outrushes Jalen. I think you said out scrambles, but I'm assuming you meant like rushing yards. Next one comes from Goat Morrow, which we have to workshop a little bit. Uh, it said, he said, DJ Wanham single game sack record without recording a single pressure. So when I have uh, pressure bold predictions, I usually go with PFF's charting of them and PFF will chart pressures as an umbrella term that includes sacks. So you physically cannot have a sack that doesn't also include a pressure, I believe, unless they've changed that or I misread it. Um, but I understand what you mean in spirit, and I absolutely love it because DJ Wanham is the king of unblocked sacks. So um, uh, also single-game sack record is way more extreme than it needs to be. So I'm going to work this workshop this a little bit for you to try to capture the spirit of it but put it in that nice little plausible but not probable but barely possible kind of that nice little sweet spot. Um, I'm going to say sacks, but you didn't win a pass rush. And you said without recording a single one. So I'm going to say no pass rush wins. That means you're not getting into the backfield. You're not doing that. I need a pass rush win rate of zero, like an ESPN pass rush win rate of zero. And I probably won't use pass rush win rate actually because they do stuff with like a yard into the quarterback. And sometimes that's the quarterback's fault. And it's not like that. There's some nuance to it that that, does that I'm, I've never really been satisfied with win pass rush win rate as a like capturing of did you pass rush well on a given play. Um, so I'll probably look at this myself if it comes up, but also needs three sacks. So if DJ Wanham has a three sack game, I'll start charting and seeing if I can find any like true pass. Like, did you beat a guy? Uh, and I'll, I'll sort of play that by ear. So three sacks without actually beating any blocks all game. That needs to be the move for DJ Wanham. And of course, him getting enough snaps to do that is always going to be really bold. This would be fantastic. That is our bold prediction segment. On Monday, there will be a Monday morning show. Um, I'm going to make it a Twitter Tuesday. So ask me your questions about this game. Ask me questions about Sunday's games or whatever. Um, it'll be a Twitter Monday. Uh, you can Luke Brown NFL or Lockdown Vikings on Twitter, Lockdown Vikings podcast at gmail.com or uh, the Google form in the show notes. You can film all that, uh, fill all that stuff out. So then we'll do our mailbag episode Monday so that the Tuesday morning episode, which will be recapping the Monday game, doesn't also conflict with like having to be a mailbag. That's going to be how we handle the Monday night thing. And then the rest of the week will proceed like normal. I will see you all then for that. And as always, skull.